Hello, friends. This is Sarah Boltman. We are living in crazy times right now, aren't we? Everything is shutting down and we're sheltering at home. What might be a quiet month of gardening for some might be a very chaotic and scary time for others. So let's make sure we're calling the ones who are alone, FaceTime with them, make sure we can do whatever we can for those who are vulnerable to help keep them safe. Of course, follow the government and healthcare providers' um, recommendations on washing our hands and social distancing. But also, let's use this as an opportunity to share the hope that we have with others. Jesus has given us eternal hope and hope for relationship with his Father right now. So I think this is a perfect time to share the gospel. Be open about your faith. Be bold. I believe God wants us to come out of this with greater purpose, greater character, and greater faith. Although this podcast was recorded before the coronavirus became a pandemic, it has a very timely message. God's power and sovereignty is over even the most difficult situations. And when we trust Him, our hopelessness will be shattered. So without further delay, here is today's podcast. Welcome to the Brinkman Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the family audio drama, The Brinkman Adventures. I'm your host, Eric Schilder, and with me today is a special co-host... Me, Ian Boltman. <laughs> me, everyone should know what the ego on this guy. He just says me. Uh, yeah, Ian Boltman, who is, of course, the creator and sort of the executive officer of the Brinkman Adventures, the one responsible for all the mess, all the excitement, all the wonder, and uh, a lot of laughs, actually, when we do these. Yeah. So, And today we're actually going to talk, our special guest is... <laughs> the normal co-host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. It's good to be back. It's the only way I get to co-host is when Sarah is interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> Been bumped to the hot seat. Oh, yeah, no. I guess I haven't had too many exciting adventures. Uh, I could tell about the time the gorilla spit on me, but um, <laughs> we'll, save that we'll, one. we'll save that one for later. <laughs> but it actually did happen. I'll tell that story later. But anyways, we're going to be talking about an episode that revolves around uh, Aunt Sarah. So that's why she's kind of the quote unquote guest. The episode is from season four and it's, what is it? Episode 37, I think. It's called The Crashed Kitchen. And uh, we've got a clip from it. Go ahead and roll that, Josh. If you give your life to Jesus, he will cleanse you from all your sins. He will come, live inside you, and his power will protect you from the evil one. Is Jesus really more powerful? Of course, yes. Yes. Yes, Benedito. He can help you. If you turn to him and give up your old ways. But how does he come to live in me? You just have to ask him, Benedicto. He loves you and he is Lord over everything. Yes. Confess that he is Lord. And ask him to cleanse you from all your sins. Jesus, I confess you are Lord. I believe you are more powerful than the enemy. Please take away all my sins and help me. Hallelujah! Right now, I command any evil thing that is tormenting Benedict to go in the name of Jesus and never come back. Benedito belongs to Jesus now. Hallelujah. Benedito, 
you have crossed over from dead to life. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I, I, I am free. I am free. I know it. I can feel it. Man, I love that moment. Yeah, I was just, I, I kind of got lost in that moment a little bit there. Uh, um, I get goosebumps every time I hear the that. actors? Weren't they awesome? Yeah. Uh, you know what? When an actor knows Jesus, they can communicate that. And Leonard Benson, who played Benedicto there, uh-huh. He loves Jesus, and it just oozes out of his lines. Yeah. And Raymond, who's an evangelist, who's the guy the Crash Kitchen is about, is playing Raymond in that story. So that's just, those are two strong, powerful men of God playing that, who aren't actors, by the way. Oh, really? They're not actors, no. Raymond's wow. a missionary, and oh, and Leonard. And Leonard has a business and yeah. works in a hotel in Milwaukee. And yeah. he uh, he did photography for us for a recent banquet that we had, and he's from Nigeria. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. just a beautiful moment, and, oh, wow. Wow, who God chooses, he'll, he'll use, calls he will, he'll yeah. use, yeah. yeah. That's amazing acting. But um, So this this story revolves a little bit around Aunt Sarah. She's in Africa, and it is not your typical kind of uh, Hallmark movie, is it? Well, it's typical Brinkman. <laughs> everything, typical goes Brinkman right. but not, yeah. <laughs> everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. There's some goats eating things. Yes. There's basically Sarah is facing lots of failure. And then, yeah. of course, crashing into the kitchen, which didn't help at all. But so how much of this is, uh, let's get the, the big one part out of the way. How much is this true? What What got changed? Man, it's interesting hearing that scene because that scene that you hear with Benedicto, that happened almost word for word. And that scene was so real, him going from not being able to walk, about to kill himself, selling off his things because he's dying, and and not he hadn't been eating, to he's eating, he's walking. We saw him walk right there, and, I mean, incredible. I can tell more about that story, but that part actually absolutely happened. The crash kitchen absolutely happened to a different person, but um, the scene where, where the girl's washing my feet and I'm crying absolutely happened. Um, so a lot of those things happened. We strung them together in closer proximity and made one character play both parts. But It was your friend that crashed the kitchen. Yeah, it wasn't me because... Um, and it was a different person. It wasn't Benedicto whose kitchen that, right. that crashed. Yep, he was a different person. But you did call Dad. Yep, I called Dad, and, and he helped me through that moment. And really, I did feel discouraged. That and, and the whole point of that episode um, was learning that, you know, we make mistakes or things happen that are hard, but God can use those things for his glory. And that's what you see, you know, in Benedicto's case and the, the kitchen, I smashed into it and the whole village ran up. Well, in this, in the episode, one guy ran up and yelled at us. But in the real story, a bunch of villagers came around and were just telling us to go home. They didn't want us there. And, you know, it was very discouraging. So that, that was hard, but um, we saw God use that in a powerful way in the, sto- in the real story too. Where was that in Africa? Near Livingston, Zambia, in a village called Singanga. Singanga. Mm-hmm. That's that's fun to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there was some interesting things involving uh, kind of some shamanistic spiritual mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Because I, I understand that a lot of well, a lot of tribes, whether it's in Africa or Asia or India or whatever, 
Um, they have the shamanistic uh, believe mm-hmm. in witch doctors and yeah. charms and and things like that. And that plays a little role in this particular story, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very beginning, you hear Benedicto is telling his little son to put the magic charms under his bed. Maybe they'll have more power there. How it kind of went down with Benedicto is I was doing a kids club at the time. And um, it was true. There weren't as many kids coming and I was discouraged. And the moms were telling the kids, they're teaching lies. Don't go there. So the kids were kind of dwindling down. And um, one of the guys who was on our mission team, the Zambian guy, came up and said, hey, this guy, Benedicto, he's about to die. If we don't go pray for him, he's going to be probably dead tomorrow. And um, I was in the just finishing kids club. And I remember just stopping and praying and saying, Lord, do I go? Because I knew it was going to be intense. I knew it was a spiritual battle in some ways, and I didn't know if I was supposed to be there or not. And it was all the Zambian workers that were going to go. And I felt God say to my spirit, just like, you can go. Like, yes. And so I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm up for this, but I'm going to go. Um, so I told the kids bye, and we walked up the trail. And, and when I saw Benedicto, I have never seen someone so squashed down. I can't even explain it. It's almost like this heaviest weight ever was just sitting on him, and he looked so terrible. I was like, oh, my goodness. And we started asking him, what's going on with you? And he shared what, what had been happening. And he and I'll just share briefly. It tells a little bit in the episode, but started by having these very evil dreams over and over and over again, it, just about death and gross things. And he started being a, so afraid of them that sometimes he'd wake up and he couldn't walk. His legs would be literally couldn't move. Hmm. And um, he would started getting so scared. But during that time, too, he had a lot of thoughts telling him to kill himself. So it would be in the dreams uh, and also during the day. Yeah. So then he started, you know, not sure what to do with that. So he started going to witch doctors to help get rid of these dreams, to help do this. So he went to the little ones around his village. He went to, he said, I went to all the witch doctors I can think of, and the ones in the village couldn't help. So I even went to town, went to the biggest witch doctor in town. And I, I spent, I think he told me like $150. Wow. Which is huge. His, he lived in a mud house with nothing. How did he even get that money? You know, and so he was selling off all his things to go to these witch doctors. And he said, and then finally, my last resort was to go to the doctor. And he said, I can't find a thing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do for you. So he said, I just came back to my home and I just, those dreams kept getting worse. And so he ended up trying to commit suicide a couple Mm. times. So that's when the guys I was with started saying what Roman said, you know, the enemy has power over you. And I um, just began speaking truth over him, sharing the gospel deeper. And, and after we talked for quite a while, he gave his life to the Lord. And um, that was the beginning of him be- getting free. So, and then at the end, you know, he burned all the charms from the witch doctors. And at the end, he was walking and just weeping, tears of joy coming down his face. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's, that's so cool. Who else was there with you? There were a lot of people. So Dan and Regina Bumstead that you hear, they actually were serving with me. You hear the names Thad and Mary May. They were there. Um, there were a lot more people than is in this episode. We needed to kind of pare it down to, to show okay. how I was feeling. But it wasn't because I was alone. It was more just I was very overwhelmed. So you weren't there by yourself. I wasn't there by myself. There were some points where the the team got smaller. In fact, when the kitchen crashed, Dan and Regina were gone at that time. So the main leadership was gone. And and actually, I got the call because my friend had crashed, it, a, a Zambian person. And um, I got the call. I was back in town. They were all in the village. Sarah, can you please come pick us up? We just smashed into a kitchen and the villages are, the villagers are all mad at us. Our truck is smashed. So I was speeding on my way there to get them and... They got the truck started and met me halfway, but 
it was very traumatic. We were all sitting there and they're staring <laughs> like, what's going to happen? And, and then Katana, the girl you hear, you know, yeah. her real name was Loveness. And she was in the hospital because she had such a huge gash in her arm. Oh, wow. And she had to come and sleep at the house with me. And I was so tired. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I have to be a host to someone who we hurt by our mistake. And I just, I, I was like, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And in the episode, you hear that. Um, I'm like, Lord, I can't. I can't give out anymore. I'm done. And when she came, I just was looking at her huge gash. And they only had given her nine stitches in this huge gash. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just felt like God said to my heart, Sarah, just wash your feet. You don't have to just wash your feet. So I did that first. And, and then she said, Sarah, can I wash your feet? And so I said, sure. And, that, and, and I think out of that whole year when I was there, it was a pretty difficult year for me. It was that moment, actually, of this girl whose arm was just had a huge gash in it just that earlier that day sitting up in front of me just washing my feet you know scrubbing my little calluses and I had just washed hers and she had huge calluses I mean she walking around these villages with hardly any shoes lives in a mud house and now she's in town with me and I just started crying just thinking you know God you're ministering to me through this girl who who should be angry at us who should be you know just how did you guys do this to us but she wasn't and and then for sure you hear the, the little Benedicto son yeah says, we're going to be praying for you. That was even more amazing in real oh. life. Because um, the guy whose kitchen we smashed was Freddie in real life, and Freddie was the one that called us. And it was just as Katana, just before Katana washed my feet, he called me and said, Sarah, the enemy doesn't want you here. And he was trying to kill my children because my children are always by that kitchen. They're almost there the whole time, but for some reason, God protected them. They did not die. And he said, the devil doesn't want you here, but God wants you here. And I was like, Freddie, thank you. And he said, you know what? I'm going to spend all night. I'm going to stay up all night tonight praying for you guys that you don't leave. Mm. And I thought, oh, my goodness. So it was those two things at a very um, difficult time for me while I was there where we were shown grace by the people who should be the most angry with us. Angry at you, yeah. Yes. And so that I, I was just so grateful that we could put that moment in there because it just shows us again how we go to a place thinking, oh, we're missionaries. We're going to, like, change the world. Yeah. And and you they know, end up changing you yes, in some ways. Yes, they end up ways. changing yeah. you. And God works through everyone. And it just was a very powerful moment for me. So, so it's, I mean, it's a real village we're talking about that mm-hmm. happened in there. And have you been back since? And what's what's kind of happened to that village? Yeah, I have gone back. Uh, Singaga. Singanga, yeah. And every time I go back, I love to visit. And I get to see the kids. And they're now growing up. And now some of the boys that I first met with are now taller than me and getting married. And it's just amazing. So, yeah, they have a beautiful base there in Singanga Village in Love's Door. They have an orphan home for boys now and for girls. They just built this second one for girls. And it's neat seeing those kids growing up with real community, a, a family mm-hmm. of believers around them. And where before they didn't have food, they were living with grandparents or just with a mother who, you know, was out of her mind and couldn't feed them. You know, so there's very beautiful life change happening in that village with those kids and the surrounding area with, with Bible studies. And and, and Benedicto, what happened to him? You know, the neatest thing was we went back to see him the next week, and I thought, well, I'll see what happened. You know, we prayed, and God did something, but we'll see. This week, God, only you can do it. And when I went back there, his wife was sitting there cooking over the fire, you know, and she had her eyes were the size of saucers. They were huge. And I thought, uh-oh, this isn't good. And she said, my husband, she said, he's gone. And I'm like, oh, no, where'd he go? Did he die? She said, no, he's gone. He's looking for work. She said he's oh. he's he's so much himself. He actually is going to work again. He's walking. He's normal. Absolutely fine. 
just miraculously changed. So that was amazing. And yeah, when I went back, I didn't see him again, but I heard, yep, Benedict was fine. He's around here. He's just, you know, he's here. Doing his thing. Yep. He's not dead and he's walking. And yeah, so it just, it was a very big moment, I think, for the village to show God's power over the enemy. What happened to the, did the goat thing really happen? The goat thing happened. It was sad. We, you know, the, there are two things that happened. We tried to plant an orchard. It's just hard there because, you know, here we have our cows in fences and our gardens don't have fences. Well, in Africa, the gardens have fences and the cows are free. <laughs> so very often the cows get into the gardens and eat everything. So that happened. The cows got into the garden, ate the whole orchard. Our papaya trees were just ready. Anyway, ate them all. And then, yes, the goat got bit by a snake in the head and the head got huge and then it died. So, yes, those things happened. And a goat? Got bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how a snake, I guess its head was down in the, I don't know. It's, living in a village is not easy. So my hat is off to all the people who who live and, and survive and thrive in those areas. But I, um, I, I got a good taste of it and I realized, you know, you really need God's power and strength to go through a lot of those disappointing, hard setbacks. So We're so, so glad we could tell that story. Yeah. Thanks for letting us do that. Yeah. I know that was kind of hard for you. I remember trying to outline that one, and that was a challenge. Yeah, it was a lot a lot to go through and wade through and think, what do we share? And mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, the crazy thing was trying to act that, you know, That's especially right. that moment where I had to just really cry, which mm-hmm. I, I almost, play, almost had that for the clip, but I thought, no, I don't want to listen to myself cry. <laughs> but I remember just praying before and saying, God, you got to help me. And, um, mm-hmm. and we did it in one take. Mm-hmm. And we were done. We we're like, okay, we don't need to do that one again. I'm like, phew, <laughs> that was too close to real life again. But it was just neat because I thought that's the point of the Brinkman Adventures to to show God is the hero, and that's exactly what this story is. You know, going into missions, it's not the person doing it; it's God, mm-hmm. and He gives you strength, and His strength is made perfect in your weakness. So, it was awesome. Cool we could see that. And do you, do you have plans to go back there, or I? always have plans to go back. They they sometimes come up when I don't expect them, but my um, I just recently was in, involved in helping start a school called Raven School in Livingston, Zambia, the same town. So a bunch of my friends there are starting a school, and, and I oh. was able to connect them with people here in Wisconsin, and the funding was, is coming together, and last semester was their first semester, and it was just so neat. It's a Christian school, but um, focused on, reg- on kids who have regular lives, but also kids with disabilities. So it's a really oh, okay. special school. And Shannon Zorn, who plays Susan Brinkman, and went along on that trip. She did. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So it's really a neat project. That's awesome. And one thing that I often hear from missionaries, or even people that go on short-term missions trips, is I think you touched on it earlier, which is, you know, you go in thinking you're going to serve and make a difference and change, and you find out that... A lot of times the people that you're there to serve end up serving you more and making God more real to you than you normally have think. Yep. I have one other thing to add. So Sarah has this gift of encouragement. <laughs> and she's she's also gifted with just wisdom. And um, one of the passions that I know you've had, Sarah, is to encourage people in their walk and, and their faith. And so I'd love for you to tell us just briefly what you're doing and what you're hoping to do yeah. with, with, that, with that passion that you have. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for asking that. My, um, as I've been going around to many different mission organizations, going overseas and then working with nonprofits here in the States, I've just really got a heart to see people who are in ministry thrive. Um, and I've seen 
how it can be really difficult, but I've also seen that you can work through those things. And um, so God has just put in my heart a passion to walk alongside people who want to get unstuck, who want to grow in their dream, like see their dream come to life, whether that's in missions or that whether that's at home as a mom, whether that's here in the States, um, seeing that dream come to life, and then also helping people thrive in their calling. So I am, um, I've taken life coach training, which I'm going to be applying to missionaries and also to nonprofits. And um, then whoever else God would bring in my path who wants to get unstuck, who wants to really thrive where they're called, and who wants the dream that's in their heart to come to life. So that's what life coaching is all about. It's like, okay, let's go there together. Let's make a plan. Let's see what's holding you back and see how God's going to set that free in you. So I've been so excited to do that. I can do it over the phone. So i have people, you know, in different states than me and just seeing those dreams in their hearts beginning to come to life. And I am so excited about it. And I realized that's kind of what I was doing all these years going to Africa. Mm -hmm. I would go there and do a video for an organization. But even more than that, my goal was to hear what is in your heart? Is it going well? What are you working on? How can I encourage you? And so a video was a part of that and coming alongside and helping was a part of that. But I realized the whole goal and the the dream that God put in me is just to find a way to help other people, their dreams come into reality. And how long does a life coach relationship normally last? Um, it depends on the person's goal and, and how fast they reach it or, or if they want to do several different goals. So it can be as short as three months. That's kind of the shortest. Um, and then it can go on for years, depending on the client. So um, yeah, that's um, it's been a, a very amazing, life-changing thing for me, having a coach and realizing, wow, I have so many things in my head that limit me just because lies or, or thoughts that are limiting thoughts. And God is just showing me how to get rid of those and how to walk way beyond what I thought. So That's it's exciting. exciting. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's, so. it's fun to watch you grow, continue to grow into the person that you are, Sarah, and what God has for you. And and uh, Sarah comes highly recommended. So if you're looking oh. for a, a life coach, go ahead yeah. and contact her through the, right. through the Brinkman website. And while you're at the website, um, look around. Uh, read some of the uh, synopsises of the episodes, and you'll you'll find this episode, Crash Kitchen, and a bunch of other ones. And uh, be sure to leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you and find out what you think or what kind of questions you have, or maybe you're interested in these trips, or maybe you are interested in being a missionary or finding out how to support missionaries. Go ahead and, and leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. So that about wraps it up for this episode, and... Thank you for hosting us, Eric. Hey, there you it's go. Good. <laughs> Thank you for being the co-host. Oh, you bet. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. And uh, for, for myself and for Ian, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Cheers.